Welcome to Living Faith Lutheran Radio Program here on KBEC AM 1390. I am Pastor Scott Marks. Visit us online at living-faith.church or better yet in person. We worship every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Midlothian Conference Center, number one Community Circle Drive, Midlothian, Texas, 76065. Living Faith Lutheran is a new church in Midlothian, Texas, serving people in Midlothian and surrounding areas. And now be encouraged by today's message. Now is the time to take out the Living Faith Notes, the full page insert in your worship bulletin. As you're doing so, I want to welcome those who may be listening via podcast or listening or watching online at living-faith.church or are listening to AM 1390 or FM 99.1 KBEC. Now, we are in our third week of this uh, Safe Haven series, our fall sermon series here at Living Faith. And our text today is mainly Acts chapters 2 and 4, various verses. They are all verses that deal with one congregation, one Christian church. We're also going to cover some other uh, scripture passages as well. Listen now, though, to Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and then Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now this week, uh, Walter Patchkey and and Wayne Shufield, our our realtor, and and myself, uh, we went, uh, we attended a meeting, and it was a meeting at an engineering firm uh, called... Uh, Bannister, and Bannister uh, Engineering, and it was, it was quite an interesting meeting, and we're, we're going to share some of the results of this at the, uh, after the service this morning. But we went there, and we, we put before them the survey of the land that, that we're considering on the 663, and, and they asked, you know, what is your intent with this land? And of course, our answer was, well, our intent is to eventually build a church. And we use that term church to refer to a physical building. And I think most people, when they use the word church, they think of physical building. Now, that's a proper use of the term in our everyday usage of of the word church. Having said that, there is no place in God's word that I'm aware of where the word church refers to a physical building. A spiritual building, yes, but not a physical building. Every place in Scripture that mentions the term church 
church is first and foremost a gathering of people. So we don't have a church building, but we are a church. It's a gathering of people. We were reminded of this in our study of 1 Peter called Live New. In 1 Peter 2 verse 9, Peter says to believers who were a church, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And you might say, where's the word church? Well, it's somewhat hidden, but it's there. It says you were not a people, you were called out, called out of darkness into God's wonderful light. The word called out, kaleo, that word is built into the word church. Ecclesia is church. It means literally those called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Now, likewise, we should all relate to that. We are a gathering of people who have been called out of a very bad spot, a dark spiritual spot, called out of darkness, and, and now into God's marvelous light, the light of Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, as we wait for his return. And it's a beautiful way to understand church, called out of a bad spiritual a spot into God's marvelous light. Now, same thing happened in, in Jesus' ministry. Jesus met people who were lost in their sins, who were in spiritual darkness, and he called them out of it. In Jesus' earthly ministry, he really was a magnet. He was a magnet especially for sinners, admitted sinners. He met them where they were, they were attracted to him. He didn't leave them where they were. He led them out of their spiritual darkness. He forgave their sins. They became his followers. He was criticized for that. The church leaders of his day say, hey, look, he's a friend of sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes. The fact is, he was. But he didn't leave them there. He, he met them where they were. He led them out of that spiritual darkness and... They left their lives of sin, empowered by him, followed him. Now, this leads us, as we continue our, our series of Safe Haven, we want to look at Safe Haven Church. And a Safe Haven Church really is, and this is the first fill-in, fill a Safe Haven Church is a place where admitted sinners gather around Jesus in order to be led by him. Safe Haven Church is a place where admitted sinners gather around Jesus in order to be led by him. And, and we should see that every time we come together, that we are admitted sinners. Not pleased with our sins, but yet truthful about our sins. Uh, as we said every, a few minutes ago, if we claim to be without sin, we lie and deceive ourselves. We acknowledge our sinfulness and we seek God's favor and forgiveness in Christ Jesus, and we have it. And we are being led by the light of Christ in this place that we call Living Faith Lutheran Church. Now, our main text, as we mentioned before, is Acts chapters 2 and 4. And we focus in on one particular church, and it's the church in Jerusalem. And it's a very special church. It's kind of an unlikely place for a Christian congregation. 
Jerusalem is the very place where Jesus was crucified. Jerusalem, the place of the temple, the church leaders had rejected Christ. And yet right there, right there at the temple in Solomon's colonnade, God plants a, the, the first Christian church. And he greatly blessed them. They had a lot going for them. And we know from Scripture that initially it was a small congregation, 120 uh, souls. 120. That's the size that it was. But after Jesus' death and then resurrection, and then after uh, Jesus ascended to heaven, and then 10 days later, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit in a powerful way, Pentecost, and we covered that a few months ago, the, the church exploded. And, and you have thousands, 3,000 in one day, coming to believe in Christ, being baptized. And we're told that God added to their number daily uh, those who were being saved. So let's look at verse, uh, Acts 2, verse 42. So the they are the, the Jerusalem congregation. What made them a safe haven church? And we want to learn from them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves. The word devoted themselves means that, that they gave themselves continually toward. It was an ongoing thing. They steadfastly, attentively engaged themselves in these things. What were they? Four things. They, they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, uh, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. First of all, to the apostles' teaching. It wasn't just the apostles' teaching. Jesus told the apostles, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, he said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have taught you. Right? So it wasn't the apostles' teachings apart from Christ. The apostles' teachings were Jesus' teachings. They had the privilege of, of going through what Jesus taught them one-on-one, -on -one, teaching the world the teachings of Christ. They devoted themselves to it. Every safe haven church devotes itself to the apostles' teaching. By the way, the Greek word for teaching is didache. Didache. And we get doctrine from it. Doctrine or correct teaching is important. It's, again, what, what, part of what makes a, a church a safe haven church. They also devoted themselves to fellowship the older NIV said the fellowship. There's a definite article, the fellowship. And it's a special word in the Greek called koinonia. And koinonia is also used for communion, the Lord's Supper. It means that at least two things participate together as one. So in communion, the bread communes with the body of Christ. The wine communes with the blood of Christ. We commune with Christ as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. But that word koinonia also referred to Christians more than one coming together as one. They devote themselves to coming together, fellowshipping, uh, you know, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, coming together uh, to, to live life together. They also devote themselves to the breaking of bread. Now, now this is in reference to communion. It wasn't just eating a meal, even though that can be considered fellowship. The breaking of bread was celebrating the Lord's Supper, which we know they did on a regular basis they devoted themselves likewise to prayer. And that was our focus last week, the safe haven of prayer.
but a gathering of Christians, one of the main things should be to pray together. And if you read Acts chapters 2 through 4, you see that in action. So Peter and John get arrested for preaching the gospel, for in the name of Jesus healing a man crippled from birth, and the Christians were praying for them. God answered their prayer, set them free from jail, and they come back and the church comes together and they pray together. Um, so a safe haven a church is a church that devotes itself likewise to prayer. So let, let's do the next fill-in. A safe haven church is one in which its members devote themselves to Christ's teachings, because that's the apostles' teachings, to fellowship, communion, and to prayer. As we go forward as a congregation, likewise, that has to be what we devote ourselves in. The word of God, communion, coming together, fellowship, and prayer. Let's jump to Acts chapter 4. Same congregation, the Jerusalem congregation. It says in verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. All the believers were one in heart and mind. How would you describe that, one in heart and mind? I would describe that as they were unified in the right things. Heart, uh, the, the idea of, of, of compassion and, and, and the seed of, of feeling and emotion, but more than that, uh, heart leads us to our actions and mind and, and, and looking at things. We know from the, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, they were not perfectly united in heart and mind. And Paul has to tell them, be perfectly united in, in, in purpose, in mission, uh, as, as Christians in the teachings in the actions of Jesus. But that simple point, a safe haven church is one in heart and mind. One in heart and mind. This should be very important to us as well. Uh, it's so easy not to be unified. Uh, disunity, division, those things we have to fight against very uh, quickly and, and with, with the word of God. Uh, but to, to work and to strive to be completely unified in heart in mind. It is possible. If we look at uh, John's letter to the seven churches in Revelation, chap Revelation chapter 2 and 3, seven churches, real congregations, of the seven, how many of those churches were completely safe haven churches? Any guesses? Two. Only two. Smyrna and Philadelphia. I say that because uh, of the seven churches, five of them, uh, Jesus would say, here's what's going well, keep doing these things, but however, I have these things against you, right? There are some things that are making those congregations unsafe. But to the churches, Jesus only commends. They weren't perfect, but they were forgiven and, and they were healthy. They were completely safe haven churches, Smyrna and, and, and Philadelphia. Uh, so likewise, Paul talking to the Corinthians, be perfectly united in mind and thought, it is possible. And we are to strive for that as a congregation to be 100% safe haven um, in one in heart and mind. Verse 33 of chapter 4. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. They continue to testify to the resurrection 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. They kept the main thing, the main thing. The main thing was our leader died, but came back to life and is, is, is living. He resurrected. And that was very powerful. If you study the early Christians after Pentecost, read the sermons, every single sermon, they tie in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The congregation in Jerusalem, if we could, uh, could walk around them and hear them talking and, and you know, uh, gathering together, they would lead the conversation, especially the, the, the leaders, the apostles, they would lead a conversation to eventually say, by the way, remember that person Jesus? You might have heard of the fact that he was crucified. Well, he conquered death. He lives. And likewise, as a congregation, uh, we have to keep the main thing the main thing. It's easy to lose the main thing. They get focused on other things that have nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It has to be an emphasis. It's the gospel. It's what God has done. The resurrection proves to us that our sins are forgiven. It proves to us that we have a bright future. It proves to us that, that Jesus is coming back. All those things. So simply put, the Jerusalem congregation, they were a safe haven church because they kept the main thing the main thing. So the next point, a safe haven church keeps the main thing the main thing. And just so we're clear, the main thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I knew that was going to happen one of these days. Trip on the cord. I have to stop walking around as much. Keep the main thing the main thing. And likewise, we have to hold ourselves accountable to that um, as, as a congregation. Verses 32 through 37. All the believers, again, were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he had owned, and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. They were generous. As a congregation, they came together, they were generous. Um, and, and that's the next point. A safe haven church is, is one where members are generous. And I've said this before, but it's worth saying again. Some falsely say that the early Christians were communists, right? It sounds like they're, they're, they're communists. Not so. Communism is what belongs to you belongs to me, right? That's not what they were doing. What they were saying is what belongs to me belongs to you. And ultimately what belongs to me belongs to God. It's God's stuff. And I want to share God's things. I want to be generous. The congregation was generous. To be a safe haven church, there has to be generosity. We have to understand, uh, again, stewardship and, and correctly using God's things. Notice that their needs were met. Their generosity as congregation resulted in their, their needs were met. Paul used this very teaching to the, the churches that he started, and, and, and he said, be generous. Give generously to the work of the Lord. My God will meet your needs. Now, the opposite is also true. If we're stingy and we're not generous, then needs are not met. But God sees to it that needs are met 
as he works in us to be generous towards, um, again, his work, uh, putting things into uh, priority. As we, we said earlier with the, the readings, uh, looking at earthly possessions, that we use earthly possessions, not just consuming them for ourselves, but to, to spread God's kingdom. That, that's part of the, the mission of the church, generous with, with God's stuff. Now, I want to, uh, for a moment, talk about churches in the New Testament that weren't necessarily safe haven. We can learn from the, a negative uh, example, and we are. All scripture is given for our learning. There are many congregations, Christian congregations, that were not very much safe haven. They had some problems. Uh, people uh, would come into them, and, and they were things that, that simply did not make them safe anymore. Uh, the, the seven letters of the seven churches, five of the seven, uh, Jesus had to say, but I have this against you. And those were things that were hurting the congregation. If we look at Ephesus, that what God had against them was that they lost their first love. They became unloving. They lost their zeal for the Lord. They lost their love for the lost and their love for each other. If a congregation becomes unloving, it's no longer a safe haven. Um, the other churches of this five, there were doctrinal problems. They weren't devoted to the apostles' teachings. They allowed teachings not from Christ to become part of what they were about. They introduced teachings that were false. And any false teaching uh, makes for an unsafe condition within a congregation. Laodicea, they grew apathetic. Uh, they didn't care. They were neither hot nor cold. And Jesus said, because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. So lukewarmness made them a very unsafe congregation. We can look to others as well. Uh, the churches in Galatia, the province of, of Galatia, they became an unforgiving church or a set of churches. Paul said this in Galatians 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Again, an unforgiving church is no longer a safe haven church. There's a warning there. And there's a warning for us as well. We can look at Corinth, the Corinthian congregation, very gifted um, they were in a, a, a place in the world that, that had a lot of wealth, very gifted congregation, but there were problems. Their biggest problem is that they, they were divided. They weren't unified. That's why Paul says be perfectly united because they weren't. And, and they were unnecessarily divided over unnecessary things. They were worldly. The world greatly influenced them. They weren't taking sins seriously, and yet they... They elevated unimportant things, and they exaggerated things that simply did not need to be exaggerated. Um, so we can learn, again, from these, these congregations. I'm going to skip that point. So a, in a safe haven church, this is the final point, in a safe haven church, brothers and sisters in Christ are kind, compassionate, and forgiving towards each other. Again, in a safe haven church, brothers and sisters in Christ are kind, compassionate, and forgiving 
towards each other. Paul says this to the Ephesians. Again, the Ephesians, they lost their first love, but yet Paul says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, uh, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ Jesus, God forgave you. Now, it's been 10 months since we formed ourselves as Living Faith Lutheran, 10 months. And I realize there's a long history here going back to St. Mark in Duncanville as well. Uh, 10 months here in Midlothian as Living Faith Lutheran. Are we a safe haven church? And I want you to ask yourself that question. Are we a safe haven church? And, and we need to always have that in front of us. And what will determine that? God's word. Um, are there things that could happen to us that we would not be safe haven? Yes. We need to fight against them with the power of God. Uh, my friends, my desire is that we are a safe haven church, that we remain a safe haven church, that we learn from the negative examples that we have in Scripture of churches that, that lost their focus, lost their love, and that we, we, empowered by God, remain a safe haven church. Now, one last point is this. Those congregations that are mentioned in Scripture that have problems, um, again, uh, you can look at even the, the one in Revelation that, uh, lost, the, the Revelation that they were apathetical. There's hope. There's hope for every Christian congregation. Uh, God addresses us, wants us to examine our actions. He calls us to repentance. And, and Jesus promises that, that he forgives and he restores uh, any group of, of Christians. So let your prayer be my prayer, that as we go forward, that empowered by God, we remain a safe haven church, and we remain that way well into the future, uh, empowered by God, directed by God's word. Let that be our prayer and our action in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message. At Living Faith Lutheran, we are absolutely convinced that Jesus died for all, that we might live forever with him. This is the gospel message, and our goals are to reach people who have never heard the message of the gospel, to share it clearly with them, and to grow in our faith as we continue to study God's word and commune with him, and motivated by the gospel message to continue to serve God and each other. We'd love to share more with you. We'd love you to be part of our congregation and our mission. Please come visit us. We worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the Midlothian Conference Center, Number one, Community Circle Drive, Midlothian, Texas, 76065. You can also email us at contactus at living-faith.church. We look forward to hearing from you. Have a great day.